Miller, and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Wednesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next two hours talking sports with you, and we appreciate it as KXNO gets back to local programming. I guess right up until 7 o'clock, because Hawk Central airs tonight from 6 until 7. We take you until 1, Murph and Andy, 1 to 3, in the drive with Heather and Sean, 3 until 6. BMW of Des Moines guest list shapes up like this. A lot of things going on. We will do a lot of basketball, some football sprinkled in. We'll start with John Bowenkamp, who was a part of the uh, Tim Lester press conference media-wise yesterday. We'll pick John's brand on what he heard from Beth Getz, Kirk Ferentz, Tim Lester. Am I missing anybody? Yeah. Seth Wallace. So Seth Wallace spoke, yes. yes. You know, I thought there was one more. The new assistant head coach. I saw that. Not yeah. assistant to the head coach. We're right. not talking no, about the office. The assistant. Uh, so we'll talk to uh, John Bowenkamp. Not mainly about Tim Lester and just some of his takeaways from that. We'll get into that in the first segment as well. Mitch Holt is scheduled to join us from Las Vegas at 10 minutes before noon. Hopefully, fingers crossed, he's able to pull that off. Uh, it's Super Bowl week. He said last week he would do his darndest to be with us. Um, and if it's no fault of his own, if he can't, it's obviously he's being pulled in a lot of directions. Hopefully the pull of Des Moines and Central Iowa uh, is enough to get him with us. Adam Emenecker will join us to kick off our number two in his weekly spot as we talk Missouri Valley hoops, paying special uh, attention to those Drake Bulldogs who are home tonight, Southern Illinois, at the Knapp Center. It's a 7 o'clock tip. I was surprised, Trent, when you shared that it's uh, double digits. Mm-hmm. The uh, Bulldogs are favored by 10. Uh, but Adam Emenecker joins us. G-Migs Valley Junction sponsors that weekly segment. Bill Seals at 12.15 will get back into Iowa State. Their big road win last night. My God, Taman Lipsy. What a difference he makes when he's playing. And he wasn't good in the first half. He was not good in the first 20 minutes. But boy, oh boy, down the stretch when they needed him, he delivered in a big, big way. And it's Wednesday. That means our final guest will be the cap man off to, you know where Cappy is, by the way? You wouldn't know this. You texted me. Let's uh, let's take a guess take here. a wild guess. Uh, you can take a hundred. You can take thousand. Oh, okay, so he's not up at the lake house. No, he's at Cameron Indoor Arena to watch Notre Dame and Duke. Just for fun, as a fan. Oh, that's awesome to be able to scratch that or cross mm-hmm. that off his bucket list. So, looking forward to talking to Cappy about Chicago sports and you know what he's doing at Cameron uh, for tonight's game. Uh, Trent will make some picks by the sounds of things. Save plenty of time because he's <laughs> sitting over in the corner with Sean Roberts and myself, and all of a sudden, out of the blue. Boy, I like a lot of games tonight. Uh You're going to have to save me a little extra time. So we'll do that. Circus Sports sponsors uh, those picks coming up at uh, about 10 minutes before 1. And you were 3-2-1 last night? 3-2-1. Got a post in the Carolina game. Hope everybody was able to shop around and get it at 3, not 3.5. This is something our friends at Circus say the same thing. Do not have one app. Do not. You want to shop around for the best line. And as we get ready for the Super Bowl, that raises up exponentially. Well, uh, the, for instance, we were putting together our script for the television show we were about to record when we get off the radio here, and one of those uh, examples, Trent, is when it comes to the Super Bowl MVP. That screenshot I sent, because mm-hmm. uh, I'm on Christian McCaffrey uh, and Isaiah Pacheco, and Pacheco's anywhere from, depends where you shop, mm-hmm. 22 to 1 to 38 to 1. What are you going to take? <laughs> it's very simple. It is very And it's not always Circa. No. Um, and Circa is a, well, they're a friend of the program. Let's put it that mm-hmm. way. Um, 
But and they'll, as you've said, they say the same thing. If you get a better number elsewhere, take it. We'll get you back. You'll come back. But uh, in this case, they've got a better number, and uh, it's in your benefit to do just that. Got to start with Iowa State. Mm-hmm. What a what a um, what a big win for this uh, for this team last night. Stayed out on the road, and then the night, quite honestly, were two guys who have really been instrumental. Uh, in Kashawn Gilbert and Curtis Jones, uh, didn't really shoot it uh, exceptionally well. Uh, I mean, Gilbert for sure, but there's Curtis Jones at the end of the game when it was an and one. You knew that Texas was going to foul, and if you've watched Iowa State basketball, you know that when it comes to those and ones, the first one seldom goes through the bottom yeah. of the net, and it did. And then he made the second one, which was just huge. So on a night that the three ball wasn't falling, the only two free throws that he shot last night, swoosh, swoosh. Great to see. Monchilovic, that fadeaway is, man, oh, man, it's, it's, um, it's, a, be- it's a beautiful thing to watch. The analysts compared it to um, Dirk Nowitzki. A little step back. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're in the state of Texas. I'm guessing the analyst, I can't think of his name, um, saw a lot of Mavericks basketball at some point, so maybe that's uh, top of mind. But it was the Tame and Lipsy show down the stretch last night, Trent. Really was. They got the right point guard, right? Yeah, they do. <laughs> because the one on the other side was not good. Didn't make a shot, Trent. Didn't make a single shot all night long. Three turnovers, couple assists. Not a very good game for nope. former Cyclone Tyrese Hunter. And, and that's been the case every time he's played Iowa State since he's left. That's right. Yeah, it is. He has not shown up big mm-hmm. in these moments. Um, I loved what they did down the stretch after Texas kept chipping away mm-hmm. and chipping away. And it was Dylan DeSue. I mean, oh th- that gosh. dude was He had 14 straight points at one uh, juncture of the basketball game. Like from, I don't know, seven minutes to three minutes and 30 seconds. He had 14 straight. And he was a guy that was able to get to the rim, do a lot of different things. So they started, the coaching staff came up with the great plan. We're going to start doubling him hard. Not just double to double, double him hard, get the ball out of his hands, and that was enough as it got yeah. back to a three-point game, and the response is right there from Iowa State. Credit to Otz and the rest of that coaching staff. Boy, they defend you, don't they? My God. I mean, that 12-2 run to begin the game. Yeah. And you see those things with the team in their home gym, right? Right, right. But on the road to come out with that intensity right away. I think it was like 15 seconds into the game, and one of them was on the floor. I mean, one of the yeah. it might have been Lipsy. I wish I would have written it down. Um, but yeah, one of them was on the floor, uh, and that's just that, that's just how they play. I got this question. I, I was pondering this as they're salting away in the final few seconds. What is the upside of this Iowa State basketball team? I mean, how high can well, we they heard fly? Matt Norlander yesterday? In fact, we ended on that note. Matt Norlander, uh, CBSSports.com. A terrific college. That's all he does. Mm-hmm. This is this is his focus, right? He's their guy for college basketball. They got a bunch of guys, but he's the guy. Um, he said that this is a second weekend team, mm-hmm. um, and and he would be surprised if they're not a second weekend team, which obviously means you know sixteens into the eights. Uh, I think that's probably it. I do. I mean, the analyst, and I think it was a, I think it was a poor choice of words. Yeah. At the end of the game, I don't know if you stuck with the Longhorn Network, um, said we'll see this team in the NCAA finals. Mm. <laughs> I think he meant the tournament. Yeah. The big dance. Right. Right. Um, but um, who knows? I mean, here's the here's the, if I could pick nits just for a second because the free throw shooting was a lot better last it night. It was, and that was the biggest nit of all to pop. Mm-hmm. Robert Jones, slow down when you're underneath the basket. Yeah, you know, the guy that we saw back in November and December, where it just felt like it was all clicking, it was all mm-hmm. there, 
Now, the competition's ratchet. Sure. And I, I think we have to throw that caveat Fair in there, Fair point. Too. He's going up against the Big 12 yes. and Biggs from the Big 12. Yes. Not New Hampshire. Right. Florida hand out. Mm-hmm. It's different. But you're right. And this is something that's kind of plagued him. It, it's like his body's moving too fast for his mm-hmm. brain. He just, it, that's a great way to put it. Yes. He gets going to just relax. And Ward in some, in some instances, too, but specifically Robert Jones. Look, I like that little floater, that three or four footer. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a weapon for him. But just show, slow the you-know-what down because, yeah, if you're going to get a couple of them blocked, that's going to happen. But you're going to make more of them, I think, because, I mean, he's one foot under the basket. He's six foot ten. Clank. Clank. Blocked. <laughs> yes. Clank. I think gets to the free throw line and a yeah. little bit more of that. Right. Didn't get to the line last that was, night. Uh, that was yeah. a good thing for him. <laughs> right. And maybe that helped with the 10 of 13 shooting. And I know that I'm, that I'm sounding critical. I'm, at that part of his game, I am. I love the other parts that he brings to the floor. Yes. Toughness, yes. tenacity, yeah. physical. Defensively, yes. he's in the right spot. And he's got a little edge to him, too. I love that. I, yeah. And the look, the mustache right. and everything. Those, I've said it a million times. I want him to lead the team off the bus. Yes. He's your guy, right? Uh-huh. He's your enforcer. Yeah. And he does just that. Of course, we saw Hassan Ward had a really nice stretch in there. He had two block shots in the game. Didn't it feel like he had double that? Yeah. Speaking of block, how many blocks did Texas have in the game last night? They had there eight, was, and it felt like it was double that. It did, didn't it? Yeah. There was one sequence. Pavel, they got Pavletsky. They might have got Ward uh, back-to-back underneath uh, their basket. But um, anyways, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, and going deeper on the bench, though. Kurt Jones, great game. Yep. Really good offense. The free throws, massive. Even as he didn't make, what, one of five from three, mm-hmm. he still was impactful on that end of the floor. But getting Jack and Pe- Jackson Pavleski back out there, and he was impactful. Yep. Damarian Watson knows his role. Mm-hmm. And I love that kid. Yep. <laughs> I say it I a lot. I wish there were more minutes for him. Yeah, but there just isn't. Right. Are you going to take Monchilovich off no. the floor? No. No. Gilbert? No. No. He's finding a role, though, finding a niche, and playing it at an incredibly high level. That nine man rotation, where you got a couple of guys off the bench that can do different things and mm-hmm. help you out, this team is as deep as Otz has ever had. Mm-hmm. This team. Is right there defensively, coupled with now an offense that it's just not one thing. Hey, if we shoot the ball well, that goes with everybody, right, right? Right. And they didn't shoot the ball very well in his first two years. The first season, they get to the Sweet 16. They got to the Sweet 16, though, with the perfect path. You had right. a coach at LSU getting fired. You had a matchup with Wisconsin that was perfect. If they were in any other bracket that year, as opposed to the one they were in. They're probably not a Sweet 16 team. It was just matchups dictated that. And the way they were built, credit to them for getting there. Mm-hmm. But that's the reality. Mm-hmm. Last year was a disaster. Yeah, I mean, the opening terrible. that pick game awful. was ugly. Just awful. But you could see that happening because we'd seen that team through the course of the year. Mm-hmm. This team is different. Mm-hmm. Because of the offensive versatility that they have. Again, it's going to take a break. It's going to take a right path. Maybe it's an upset and a sudden, instead of facing the number one seed in the Sweet 16, here comes an eight or nine yeah. that pulled the upset against a one seed. It might take With something like that. in college basketball, Trent, that's not that long of an unreasonable of expectation to happen. I think Sweet 16 is baseline. I think anything short of that at this point would be a disappointment. And this team absolutely can make mm-hmm. a run. And that's the excitement that continues to build. And Omaha, for the first couple of rounds. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? I, it's if they get that close. A oh. real possibility. Now, we also have to realize... I know a lot of, I've seen more and more people getting excited about that, right? All right, we're going to get close to home, get a top four seed, you're protected, right? The top mm-hmm. 16 teams get yep. protected. Yep. But with the struggles in the West Coast right now, with Arizona and then 
There's no Gonzaga. Yeah. No, there's not. The rest of the Pac-12 is down. Yep. There's going to be teams that are shipped west. Mm. And if you're towards the bottom of the rung, as a four seed, you're probably going to be going there. Even potentially the bottom three seed, even if you elevate Jeez. yourself up to a three seed, you're going to be shipped west. Just because the west, west is going to... Now, you, mm-hmm. you'll get Omaha for the first two rounds. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking Sweet 16, right. Elite Eight. Right. And you know, that's... A little frustrating, right? I mean, you would love to see them close to home. I mean, go back when they played Virginia in the Sweet 16 in Chicago. It was awesome. I mean, that... It was awesome. The fan base... It was tremendous. The way that they travel Mm -hmm. and and travel a lot. So that's what you're hoping for. But you also have to realize, oh, protected seed. Kind of. Yeah. Because you still have to put these teams out there and you still have to bracket it together to get there and potentially be in the Midwest. Um I thought Trey King missing that layup with 40 seconds left mm. wide open, almost like a layup drill was going to be. But then he comes back and he makes a huge three-pointer from the corner. Uh, great win for Iowa State. Great win on the road. Uh, felt like the Baylor game kind of got away from them a little bit, or if it would have, should have, that one. But they got the split on the road in the state of Texas, a Texas team who's um, they got some dudes. I mean, you know what I like? This Weaver kid's a hustler, yeah. isn't he? My God. Yeah. That motor of his just keeps going and going and going. So I uh, was – we had a good game recently. I can't remember which one it was. And they all start to kind of mesh together when you're talking Big 12 basketball. But I uh, did a little research on him. So he was on at U- Weaver? Yeah, he was at UT Arlington last year. Is that where he was? Okay. Had a good season. But then I was looking at his recruiting profile. He was lucky to have a UT Arlington offer. Really? <laughs> what, I mean, did, what, was, what didn't they not like about him? Well, he was ranked like 280th or something in his class. He just, He's he was, the energizer bunny on that team. And you don't know, was he not in the right AAU program? Maybe, Did yeah. he have an injury in high school Could, that sent yeah, him back? into yeah. something like that. But that's what's crazy. You know, I go through here and we're watch, watching a random game. I'm watching an 8-10 game. Man, this guy's good. Where'd he come from? Oh yeah, he, he was at Vermont. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he was at Maine. He was at Cal Poly. Just these really good players that are all over the place. And it shows you that you can build in the transfer portal. You can find Iowa State a perfect example. Yep. Robert Jones from Denver. Curtis Jones from Buffalo. Mm-hmm. You find these guys from outposts well outside kind of where you think about the power yep. structure. And these are really good players. No, they are. Uh, it's going to be fun to see this team, uh, how far that they can go, right? And I, and I, as we both feel there's certainly an opportunity, depending on uh, you know how the brackets unfold in front of you, a uh, second weekend team. Um, is is clearly on the table. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Tim Lester. He'd been introduced yesterday to the Iowa media. I thought he heard all the right notes. What I was, uh, was it was good, refreshing to see that after he answered or after a question was posed, he didn't like go look over at Kirk and say, "Can I, can I answer this? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to say here?" Um, the other takeaway is he's talking about Cade and getting to learn the playbook. Maybe this isn't just going to be a ferret's here. No, no, no. You don't need that. Here's your playbook, Tim. Here's the plays. Here's what we've been using since I got here. We won't need your stuff. Maybe they will and are going to use it. Am I making too Is this too much hope? As we talked about after the Sunday breaking news a week and a half ago that he was going to be the guy. I called it uninspiring. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I, I absolutely do. And just when I thought... I was out. Yeah. They pulled me back in. I mean, I was so done. This is just going to be turnkey garbage. Mm-hmm. You know, crap in, crap out. You know, whatever term you want yeah. to use. And listening to him yesterday, I was enthralled. I was excited. It was exactly what you want to hear. I believe. And 
I maintain this throughout. I, we hear this a ton, and it's dead wrong. It just is. It's just Kirk's system. Yes, there is a certain style of play. But all three coordinators all had three contrasting styles, from Ken O'Keefe to Greg Davis to Brian Ferentz. They were all different. And this is going to be different, too. And I think this is something that has a chance to work. Now, you still need guys, right? Mm-hmm. You need the Jimmys and shows. It's not always about the X's and O's, and you have to be able to do that. You have an offensive line that's as experienced as anybody in college football. 160 starts coming back on that offensive line. When you go Proctor. And a pretty good addition at the left tackle yeah. position. Yeah. And, and you couple of the four other returning starters yeah. from a year ago. 160, I think it's 164 is the number, mm. starts out of that group of five. That's impressive right there. Mm-hmm. And that's a starting point. They haven't mm-hmm. been great, but maybe solidify things. You have a quarterback that when he's healthy, is at minimum competent. Yep. And I think a tick higher than that. Yep, I do too. He's above average. Yep. He's not great. No. But he's fine. Not probably not going to play on Sunday, but he's yes. a good, he's a good college quarterback. A running back stable that's deep. And has played in huge games. Yes. And won big games. Right. A running back stable that's deep. Agree. Five deep. Five guys that played last Don't year. Don't think it'll be five deep once we get through the spring, <laughs> right. but, but it remains to be seen. And you're bringing in two other guys. Right. Uh, I mean, but but to, to your point, they're, they're, they're more than adequate in the yes. running back position. And, and college. Now and, let's do the tight ends because it gets, drops off after that. An All-American. <laughs> yeah. Potentially. Yeah. Luke Lachey. Yep. Couple with the Strengo that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Flash periodically. Yes. Yep. And wide receivers. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> we'll whisper that last one. <laughs> right. right? Whisper that last one. But Tim Lester took unheralded, under the radar, low three star recruits mm-hmm. and turned two of them into NFL second round draft picks. Not a guy that got a flyer in this up. Second round draft picks. Mm-hmm. That's there's a lot of hay that's and to be the made. The portal's about to reopen after mm-hmm. the uh, what early May it reopens again B- briefly. But there'll be some there'll be some uh, guys, some receivers that um, you know that don't see a pathway to them getting the um, the opportunities wherever they're at, and, and maybe maybe that's something that Iowa can take advantage of. Um, another thing that really excited me is instead of having a meathead on the sidelines, you have an offensive coordinator. He's going to be the upstairs. Sky. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, hopefully he will not be ejected like the previous one Immediate. and not be allowed no. to be up there. I don't think that's going to be that. You don't have to yeah. worry about that. Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, this guy seems confident. A meathead on the side. Boy, you hated him. <laughs> well, he was brutal. <laughs> you, you didn't hate him, or did you? Eh. Okay. I thought you. I was going to give you a pathway out. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not personal. It's not like we have any personal relationship. It's right. just he was bad at his job. Yep. And he was given his job that he mm-hmm. didn't deserve. But that aside. Tim Lester longer than he should have. Yes, and there's another component to it. Tim Lester going through it and hearing him talk about adaptability, flexibility, in-game adjustments. What? You can do that? That's allowed? Yeah, that is allowed. How many times in seven years did we talk about it? Mm. Boy, those scripted plays for Brian Ferris are really, really good. Really good. And then after that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just absolute crap. And that's what we got seemingly every game. Outside of the Ohio State game, maybe the USC Bowl game. There's very few times where you saw a yeah, That was a good one. The USC Bowl game, there yeah. was some there. And they used Amir Smith-Marset a lot in that game mm-hmm. in a myriad of different ways. There is reasons for optimism. Is it going to work? Is he going to get the autonomy that he needs? Well, that's a great unknown. And that's what we still wait for. Nobody knows the real answer to that. But from going from 10 days ago, this is going to suck, mm-hmm. to where I was after listening to him, I was optimistic. You know, Kirk talked about... What do you say? I'm open to anything right now. Any ideas? Good. You need to be. Yeah. Oh, yes. it's true. Are they going to run at the same tempo that he did at Western Michigan? It's a little quick. Probably not. Right. Are they going to be up there 80, 90 plays a game? No, not likely. 
but you can still do the basic tenets. And what he did at Western Michigan was a whole lot of running the football. In fact, ran the football more than Iowa did under Brian Ferentz. Mm. So you think of RPO, you think of shotgun, oh boy, this no, this is still an offense that is based on running the football, whereas Iowa's strength, running the football. And now if you can fix the passing game, maybe you have something here. We shall see. Going to be they're certainly going to be uh, as optimistic as an off season as we've seen in some time when it comes to the offense. Fair to say, yes. I mean, and with the returning, with the, what's coming back on defense, yikes! Ten starters back Boom. from the end of the season last year. Mm-hmm. Nine overall, if you say Cooper DeGene, obviously not playing in the final month, but uh-huh. it's a pretty good starting point and a really good home schedule. Yes, a really good home schedule. That schedule overall is not nearly as daunting. They they caught some breaks. I agree. I mean, Did there's you? there's still some tough weeks. There's going to be a couple right. of tough Saturdays in there, but uh, I I don't disagree with what you're saying. The opener at Minnesota in the Big Ten after you get through non-conference mm-hmm. revenge after last year. Yeah, it'll be a tight game. It will. It's up there. But with an improved offense, mm-hmm. you feel good. At Ohio State, that's a loss, right? And probably a significant one. I think Ohio State has a real chance of. Being I think the Ohio. Champion. I agree with you. I've already bet them. You have. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Would you get them at? I don't know, not much. Eight maybe. Okay. Because South Carolina needs to cut down the nets. <laughs> <laughs> Women's basketball, yeah. build up that bankroll uh-huh, back up. Uh-huh. You get Washington with the new coaching staff. That's You, you don't know what Washington... I mean, Washington's going to have dudes. But they have zero starters back. I know. That's Trying what, to rebuild an offensive yeah. line. They're essentially... You know you're playing? You're playing the Wildcats. You're playing Arizona. <laughs> yeah, right. As they're coming in. Uh-huh. At Michigan State, another new staff. Yep. It's a road game. Yep. But not overly daunting. Nope. You get Northwestern at home. Yeah, should win. You get Wisconsin at home. You just beat him in Madison last uh-huh. year with Deacon Hill as your quarterback. Uh-huh. You go to UCLA, Chip Kelly's trying to get out. He tried <laughs> to get to Iowa City. He and he, he I don't think he's finished trying to get out. Right. He's Every still job that's opening. Yes. Uh hey, this is Chip Kelly. How my, how much longer are they gonna put up with that? What are they, they don't I have mean, money. Flirtation is just unbelievable. They gotta get that Big Ten money. At Maryland, new quarterback. New quarterback, yeah. And then Nebraska at home to finish up. Jeez, Trent. Look, I thought that uh, in fact I might have um uh, erroneously said, I'm not sure this team will ever win 10 games again. There's a lot of wins on that schedule. Yes. And we haven't, didn't even talk about the non-cons. Right. Right? And you get Iowa State at your place. Illinois State, Iowa State, Troy. Okay. That smells like 3-0 and to me at the worst 2-1. and Worst 2-1. and Getting ahead of ourselves maybe a little bit here. It's the over-under when it comes out. On, 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 uh, on Cyhawk? No, on Iowa. The Iowa over-under. Winter. I think that they're going to. Um, it's almost always seven and a half. I, I, so I don't think it's going to be as many as we think. If it's seven and, and a half, half, I'm attacking it again. Eight and a half, as I did this year, and cashed. Mm-hmm. Seven and a half, absolutely. Which what would you do at eight and a half? I would think about it, but probably have to play the over. I think I would too. Yeah, nine and three, I think is a good baseline for this team. Mm-hmm. Now, certainly, of course, they can lose to Iowa State. They lost mm-hmm. in Connecticut a couple mm-hmm. of times to Iowa State here in recent history. They can lose to Michigan State on the mm-hmm. road and on and on and on. There's, I think Nebraska's going to be a better They're improving, yes. They're getting there. Uh-huh. And year number two, a rule, you anticipate yep. another jump up out of them. There are also losable games, but on the surface, you put out lines right now, Iowa's favored in... Uh, oh. Other than Ohio State... Uh, jeez. They might be favored in every game outside of the Ohio State game. Yes. Think of that. Uh Look, Northwestern's a phenomenal story. Mm -hmm. Terrific story. Um, That's not a gimme. We've seen bad Northwestern teams give Iowa all that they want and sometimes win. 
Game last year was at Wrigley Field. By the way, uh, what did I see? Oh, it's, uh, it's a hockey game at Wrigley Field. Oh. I don't care. Yeah. The Blackhawks, right? The Blackhawks yeah, and the Blues are that. playing um, yeah, the Winter Classic. So that's January 1st. What's the Iowa State over-under win total come out when we see that sometime here during the spring? Well, uh, return 20 of 22 starters. You know what? We should say this because we got so many guests this hour. <laughs> we did, yeah. But I do want to do that. Yeah, um, yeah. They re- yeah. They return everybody. This is a good uh, Super Bowl, after Super Bowl uh-huh. topic, right? I think the Iowa total has got to be eight and a half. Eight and a half. And I think that might be low. I'm right there with you. I think that might be low. Anyways, uh, we've got to see an opportunity for another uh, slam dunk. We'll get to that momentarily. We're going to uh, kick things off. Uh, the BMW of Des Moines guest list. By the way, Mitch Holtis is scheduled to join us this hour. That's coming up at 11.50. John Bowen, Camp, more conversation on Iowa. But let's give Jeff 90 seconds. Jeff, use it wisely. Uh, when I would stay... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shoot 10 for 13 from the free throw line on the road, out rebound the team, which was about 50 50. Uh, Texas had 12 turnovers. You know, yesterday I talked about their defense. They bounced right back. It's the biggest thing. I know Trent said this stat in the past. If you want to be a national title or a final four or a second round team, you got to be 40 on the 40, uh, top 40 in offense and defense mm-hmm. okay, in both categories. Um, Iowa State last week was in the low 50s. If they score 70, mid-70s, their defense is on point with the, you know, the up and down the way college basketball has been all year. Iowa State can play with anybody. And it's not just a home thing. They can play on a neutral site. They can go on the road. Let me say this again. If Iowa State consistently <laughs> can score 74 points a game, right, make some free throws down the stretch, which I know can be, a, you know, that could be tough for them. But I, I, I really believe this team can could do that against anybody. You can see that. You guys brought up let's see. What what the last two minutes he carried them on that is unbelievable. Fast Making with those shots. two big threes in the steal. And how about the pass? Unbelievable. How about finding Trey King was. down the middle of the lane? Here's my, let me ask you a question because we gotta let you go. Yeah. We're short on time. When Curtis yeah. Jones goes yeah. to the uh uh did you think he was gonna hit the front end of, of his free throws? No, no I did not. No, he couldn't, right? That's such and, an eye and, and this is and, and that's great. He he made that, and that's going to give belief to him, the teammates, yeah. fans, the coaching staff. And moments like that, if they can make free throws, boys, they can beat anybody. Have a good day. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate the call. I'll take a time out before I do that. It's time for another one thousand dollars swoosh. At KXNO.com right now, the keyword is bonus. Bonus uh, is your chance to win $1,000. Bonus at KXNO.com. We'll be back. John Bowen, Camp Moore, and Tim Lester and the Hawks and the Big Ten uh, as we uh, take you right up until 1. Mitch Holt is scheduled to join us in 25 minutes. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106. John Bowen, Camp, he was uh, at uh, the Tim Lester an uh, introductory press conference yesterday, and he joins us. His piece is up at HawkeyeNation.com. John Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on. Clayton Kershaw signed.
Another That's do- what I was going to ask Tim Lester about yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. They I'm glad he's back. Yeah, they do. I'm glad he's back. That aside, let's talk about Hawks. Okay. Uh, and, uh, um, I mean, Trent changed as he's come, what do you, what do you call it? Is that 180 or th- Yeah, That's 180. 180. Yeah. Yeah. Trent's completely different from where he was after the announcement was made. I don't think he's alone. Uh, I've seen a lot of people that... Um, were kind of on the fence a little bit as to how they felt about the uh, the hiring of Tim Lester. A lot of people have changed, John. What was what was your couple of your takeaways uh, from listening to the new OC? You know, I, I think the thing I really liked yesterday was he, he he talked about having a versatility with the playbook, and I've always felt like, especially the last few years, that it one size fits all. That if somebody gets hurt, well, okay, the next guy's coming in and he's got to run the same play. And I think, you know, what, what he said yesterday is that, that you know, the, the playbook's going to have to be molded for what you've got in terms of personnel. And, you know, and, and so I think that, that I, I think that's really, to me, one of the biggest things is that I, I think it's going to be a more versatile playbook. They're going to try a lot of different things. It's going to fit more the personnel they've got. Okay, if you've got a, if you've got a quarterback that can run RPO and keepers, you're going to do some of that. If you don't, you're not going to do it, and just try to make that guy, you know, fit into that, in that, the, the round peg into the square hole. So, I mean, I, that was what I liked most, and I think that that he's got a very open mind. He doesn't know yet what he's got, you know, in terms of personnel. He just got there, so I mean, there, there, there he just has really an open mind on where this offense is going to go, and it's just about getting the concepts and terminology down now for these guys, and then and then just kind of figuring out where to go from there. Lester said yesterday he hasn't watched much film. When he digs into it, how scared is he going to be and maybe rethinking his decision after watching that disaster from a year ago? No, but I think he's going to realize that, that, that you're going to have to have plan B. You're going to have to have plan B at quarterback. You're going to have to have, you know, which which I, I just think, that, you know, especially in the last couple of years, that they just haven't thought about. And it's because, I mean, obviously guys get hurt. You know, things happen. And it just seemed like this year, you know, when Kate McNamara got hurt, okay, it's going to be Deke Hill, and that's it, you know, mm. and, and and you're going to run with him until you know until the end. And and I mean, I so I do think that, that that you have to develop talent just beyond the ones, and and I think that's going to be something that that he's going to really have to do, especially in the spring when you're not going to have right. Kate McNamara, right? And so he's going to have to get these guys ready because you just don't know what it's going to look like come August, you know come September, come October, whatever. And that was really, I think, what set that offense back last year was it was just, okay, we got to go with this guy, and that's all it's going to be. Is there a different plan B this year, John, if we ever have to get to that point? I would think so. Okay. I mean, I, 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 think that's, I think that's wide open. And, I mean, I, I think you have to be that way because you gave Deacon Hill a lot of opportunity yep. last year. Yep. And he didn't produce and turn the ball over, which is, you know, the, one of the biggest cardinal sins in in a Kirk Ferentz offense because he keeps stressing that ball security and all that. When you're turning the ball over, when you're fumbling, when you're throwing interceptions, that doesn't do anybody any good. So I I just I think it's wide open. I think there has to be a different one, or that somebody has to show a lot of a marked marked improvement. To, to be ready. So, do you think that uh, we we finish up the month of April knowing what who Plan B will would be? Well, we know Mets McNamara's gig, but do you think yeah. that this is one of the uh, uh, one of the boxes we'll check once we get through the uh, spring football? Is who the backup quarterback is, or will that will this continue on? 
It might be checked, but in pencil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe it might be in pen. You know, who knows? I mean, you never know what 15 practices are going to bring. Yeah. But I do think you have to. I do think you have to have at least a fairly clear idea in your mind on what you got. You know, from from one through three or one through four, or whatever. And so I think I think you you have to have that in your mind. I think when April is done, because again. We don't know when Kane Mac Kane McNamara will be back at some point, whether it's late spring, early summer, whatever. But until then, you've got to get somebody ready because you just never know in this game anymore. And there were rough moments certainly over the last couple of years. Uh, I'm excited to hear that he's going to be up in the booth, the eye in the sky. Mm, yeah, uh, something even that better. See, yes, uh, throughout yeah. time, and don't have to worry about him probably uh, having something to say to a booth official like the previous mm. OC right. and that disaster that it what was. What sparked that? Do you remember? Oh boy! Oh God, I can't remember what game that was, but it was it was kind of funny. I, I kind of kick out of it because you, know, you just hear this screaming, you know, in the hallway, and I just thought it was somebody that wasn't allowed to get a second food at the at the, at the meeting at the carving table, but apparently it was so. a little bit deeper than that. A little bit deeper. Yeah. The optimism is certainly high right now. Um, they still have a lot to figure out, though. What are they, six, seven scholarships over the limit? Mm-hmm. They're probably going to want to do some shopping, be it a backup quarterback after spring, be it another wide receiver or two. There's a lot to be done. Is this going to be roster construction-wise? Kirk Ferentz is not a guy that runs people off. How difficult no. do you believe some of those conversations? Because some are easy. There'll be a couple of medical guys. There'll be a couple of guys that are just looking for opportunity. But I'm going to guess there's going to be some hard conversations too. I do. I, there may be, but but you know, I, the last time this came up with Kirk, it didn't come up yesterday. But he pretty much said, you know, he said it's just like you know, you know, you know, seats on a on a jet, you know, on, on a plane leaving, you know, the, somehow that always works itself out. And, you know, I mean, I do think there may be some hard, but there may, there may be just guys that say, I, you know, I'm going to go somewhere else. You know, I mean, they look at that. They, there might be guys on defense that just look and say, there's nowhere for me to play right now. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I think in the end it all comes out. But, you know, again, and then you don't know what's going to be in the portal in May. So, you know, at, right now it, it, there's going to be some fluidity, but I would guarantee by the time camp rolls around, that's going to be at 85, and they'll have figured it out. Yeah, one of them's got to be a running back, right, that becomes available, you would think. I mean, there's only so many possible. carries to go around. Right. And, I mean, and yet, I mean, you look at the linebackers. All your linebackers are coming back. And so there might be a couple guys there that say, okay, I'm going to go somewhere else. You know, and you just never know. And so, like I said, it always seems to work itself out in the end. And I don't think he's going to, if he does chase anybody off, I don't think it'll be too many people. There may be one or two. But I just think it kind of just pairs itself out at the end. A couple of things from Kirk. Um, First, uh, talking about, I love this quote, part of Tim's job is going to be to figure out what we want to emphasize. You can only practice so many things and emphasize so many of them and do them well. It does feel like that he is going to have, I don't know, complete reign, but certainly the ability to open it up. And hearing Kurt talk about you know, open to ideas and being open to things, that was exciting. Uh, that part of it, your takeaway from Kirk on that side, do you believe what he says, that there is going to be some autonomy for Tim Lester? And secondly, who was he talking about when he was talking about 35 years ago and a guy that yeah, I, I, was tr- I was racking my brain, I was going back in his coaching career, was he talking Vinny Testaverde? Was it a coach? I was baffled by that one. So a two-parter for you, John. Okay, that part I, I I'm, I'm like you. I was completely baffled because I was trying to do math yep. in my head. I couldn't remember who it was. Um, but you know, as, as for the other thing, you can kind of tell that. And and and, and I will 
pair, pair that along with Seth Wallace being named assistant head coach mm-hmm. is, and, and Kirk said this, I need to delegate things more. And, and maybe there is a realization in his mind as he gets, you know, in the last few years of, of being there at Iowa that I, you know, he's got to delegate things that he's got to, to, to loosen the reins a little bit and, and let some people do some different things. And, and I think that that had to have been part of the deal when you bring in an offensive coordinator, the guy wasn't going to come in and just say, I'm going to do everything you tell me to. No, he was going to come in and say, this is what, this is how I run my offense within the, you know, the constraints of what you do as a program. And so I, I, I think he did have to kind of open that up a little bit. And so, I mean, you know, yesterday, besides, like I said, with the Seth Wallace stuff and, and this thing, you can kind of tell that he's kind of opening up a little bit and saying, I don't need to do all of this stuff. I need to be, you know, I need to let some other people do some other things. And I think that's, I think that's a good sign, honestly, moving forward. Did, did we know that um, uh, uh, LeVar Woods was looking around? Not until yesterday. Uh-huh. And, and you know what? I, and, you know, everybody was kind of freaking out about it. It's the NFL. An NFL team call. Yeah. You know, I, right. I you you have to listen, and there's nothing that says if he walks away that oh, by the way, in the next years when Kirk leaves, he could still come back and be head coach. You know, it's not like he's gone forever. So I mean, I I don't blame him for looking. I mean, it's it's you know, it's a it's a good NFL team, and and you know, I think you want to listen to job offers like that. And your wheels start turning. Us, Seth Wallace got the assistant head coaching mm, job. Can you connect some dots? Yeah, was Lavar looked Maybe. over? Was he front? I, mean, no, I don't know. It's all speculation, sure, and, and that's all no. it is. But I, I'm going to guess I was not alone in that line mm-hmm. of thinking when you see that. Right after the press conference for a guy being named assistant coach, and there was LeVar sitting there maybe thinking, was this Kirk making his stamp of who he would like to see be the next head coach? Again, it's all speculation, John. Hey, one final uh, hoops thing. Must wins continue, right, for Iowa basketball. Need to keep stacking up these wins and continuing coming up uh, this week. Yeah, I mean, these are games you're, you can't let get away. I mean, you, you, you're, you know, you, you, you're on, you've got a home game coming up this weekend. You've got the Thursday game. These are the games you've got to win. And, you know, and I've said this before, you know, you've got some tough games coming up, and if you can get them, great. But it's these games with teams that you're even with, these are the ones you've got to win if you want to have a chance to get into March to get some attention from the committee. You can't, and especially you can't lose a home game at this point. So, to me, this, this, is, a, this is kind of an important week for them. No question about it. And Gophers had a nice win last night. Yeah. I'll be at home over uh, yep. uh, uh, Izzo and company. Good stuff, John Bowencamp, uh, Hawkeye Nation, uh, IowaCollegeHoops.com, and Associated Press. Thank you, John. Thanks. Have a good day. Yep. Good to talk to you. John Bowencamp as we check in on the Hawks. Hello, Mitch Holtis, Trent and Ken. Thanks for finding time for us. Know you're swamped. How are you? Uh, swamped. <laughs> yeah, I, bet. I don't mind telling you. Yeah. These, I mean, the media for this event seemingly has grown every year, and they—I mm-hmm. mean, it's like why is the Malaysian news network here? <laughs> wow. Uh, but I mean, seriously, it's like a little mini Olympics uh, anymore, and it just swamps. Um, it's daily at our hotel, and then we had, of course, Media Row, and I was down there Monday. I was on NFL Network, and then I'll be down there here in a little bit. So it's just. Uh, it is uh, it is nuts, but that's okay. And if I'm, I'm then I'll look for a eight ninety nine buffet. <laughs> yeah, really, steak and eggs. All I can. Hey, the fact that you guys go right, the, steak and eggs. The fact you can go, you guys go there every year. Does that make it easier logistically, or is it? It's entirely different, right? Excellent question. Uh, let me give you two answers. One, and to stay humble, I don't want anybody to think like, oh, well, hey, they're they're cocky. No, 
there's none of that. And for me, 21 years without a playoff win, you take none of it for granted. But to answer your question, the other part of the answer is yes, it's amazingly uh, better if you've gone through it. Like, for example, if Detroit would have beaten San Francisco, they would be wondering every day, what happens now or where do we go or where is it? And the fact that you've had kind of the lay of the land and understand that Wednesday morning is this. uh, And then, as I told you guys last week, the bye week, you must maximize the most non-bye week uh, on the sports calendar because that's it was a beehive. It's a beehive now. You just go a 1,000 miles an hour and keep running. Let's get into the game, Mitch, and the actual breakdown of the game because there is so much extra that goes into our conversations leading up to the Super Bowl. As you broke this thing down, uh, some keys to you, some aspects of this game that maybe most of the national media aren't talking about. What they're not talking about is that San Francisco is the most efficient offensive team in the league. Now, there are a lot of similarities between last year's Philadelphia team and this year's San Francisco team. And honestly, I will throw the Baltimore Ravens of 2023 in this discussion. And here's here's why. They are an on-schedule team. Nobody maximizes more of their snaps. And we've got a lot of Iowa State Cyclones listening to this, and they need to be incredibly proud of Brock Purdy. But they're, in fact, he's the only quarterback in NFL history. Get this one. Uh, you won't hear this in the national media. The only quarterback in NFL history that was the top five in passing, but in 20 or below in passing attempts. So it tells you they're maximizing Efficient. everything they've got. Yeah. And then, and then you've got the guys with Debo Samuel and, and of course, Christian McCaffrey is Mr. All Purpose. And then Ayuk and, uh, Kittle, or Iowa Hawkeye here, to make sure we get politically covered. <laughs> but uh, those four guys, uh, NFL record uh, in the fact that uh, a running back, a tight end, and two wide receivers, all with over 1,000 all-purpose yards, never happened in the history of the league. Uh, a lot of folks still scratching their heads that Baltimore did not try to run the football more in the, uh, in the championship game. I have to think you guys are going to see a, lo- a big dose of Christian McCaffrey. Do you guys kind of feel the same way? Oh, yeah, we're totally expecting it. Sure. Now, here's where here's where they differ, Ken, from Baltimore. And you heard John Harbaugh in his news conference later talk about they had so many RPOs called. And Lamar Jackson is an RPO king. Uh, but the Chiefs were taking away the run, and so they forced him to throw. I don't think they forced him to throw as much as they threw, uh, but that's okay. It sounds good. Now, this San Francisco team is not an RPO team. This is a team that lines up in an old-fashioned eye a lot. Juszczyk is an old-school fullback. He lines up as a nice slot and an extra tight end. It's almost like they're in two tight ends every time they snap it, or sometimes three. So this is a lead, fake, play action, have McCaffrey run it, zone blocking type. It's, it's your old Denver Broncos game, quite honestly, and with a multi-purpose back in McCaffrey. But Kyle Shanahan still runs dad's stuff. Mm-hmm. In many ways, and it's a but it has to stay on schedule. If you get them off schedule a bit, they don't like it at all. After the disaster in Arrowhead on Christmas against the Raiders, um, very interesting numbers of what Andy Reid and company have done. Just getting their best dudes out there, you know, not going deep into the depth chart for wide receivers and getting a whole lot more Rasheed Rice, obviously Travis Kelsey and his emergence again here in the playoffs here. Schematically, what they've done offensively, it's almost like they simplified things in a way and went back to what makes them great. And though they don't have all the gadgets and all the goofiness there, they're going back what makes them still a great football team. What have you seen when you look at the offense and maybe simplifying it a bit? 
Well, I'm going to give kudos here again to the Iowa Hawkeyes. who have like 50,000 offensive linemen in this league <laughs> uh, because it started with the offensive line. That's what you won't hear among the international media or national media. It started with those guys. Now, the second part of your answer is the Chiefs have used the triangle, and the triangle of Kelsey, Rice, and Pacheco is the centrifugal force here of uh, 1,100 yards in five games in this five-game winning streak. So your, your assumption is correct. Reducing but expanding the triangle. Now, what's that done? That has made the others who are ancillary here or complementary even more effective. Look at Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Three incredible catches mm-hmm. uh, in the two games wow. to win at uh, Buffalo and at Baltimore. And by the way, that's an accomplishment in and of itself mm-hmm. in those two places. Got it? Okay. Uh, but, and then the fact that or, uh, Justin Watson doesn't get 10 targets, but maybe he'll get two. But those two now, they're maximizing, much like San Francisco has done. So that's been the big difference, the triangle and the offensive line. I think Isaiah Pacheco's been a big difference in this playoff run as well. He's been unbelievable, yes, and I like him to have a yep. big game on Sunday. Hey, Mitch, I want to save our last minute to, to thank Papa John, and honestly, to thank you. I mean, you've been joining us every day in the month of August, and here we are, uh, you know, a couple of days in front of the Super Bowl. So, so on behalf of Trent and I and our audience, we're really grateful for what you do for Central Iowa, but let's thank the Donaldsons and Papa John's for making it possible. Yeah, and I got so many friends in Iowa, and shout out to Des Moines Christian uh, and the Smith Center, Kansas leader there, Brother Lambert, uh, leading the way there. But there's just tons, and I love the state. You know, I've been from every corner of it, uh, so it's great to just you know have that energy uh, as we discuss for six months. Yeah. Uh, but yes, Tom and Matt make it possible, and. I mean, your your Papa John's ought to be your uh, Super Bowl party. Yep. Check them out at PapaJohns.com. They have this epic stuffed crust, uh, cheesy calzone, and a special on it. So get that done. But, yes, thank you guys, and thanks to Matt and Tom Donaldson. They make it possible, and, of course, they love the state of Iowa and help it every day. Uh, best of luck. Enjoy your time out there. We'll talk to you in August. Thank you, Mitch Holtis. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you, pal. Take care. Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs as we bid him a Jew until that's crazy, right? We're very fortunate. Absolutely. It's um, a, a great relationship. Yep. A lot of fun. And we caught a tiger by a tail. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Makes things a little easier, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, bless you. It does. Root it, for no, the Navy and Orange, right? Right. No, it truly does. We're we're um, we're grateful to have them. Hour two coming up next. We will start things off with a little Valley conversation. Drake at home tonight, looking for something to do. Seven o'clock tip at the Nap. Adam Emenecker joins us. Uh, Bill Seals on Iowa State. More on the Cyclones' big win. David Kaplan joins us. Trends plays of the day. Hour two next. Miller and Condon, 106.3 KXNO.